You're listening to From the Friars podcast, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Well, hello, everybody. It's Father Luke Fletcher again, and I hope you're doing well. Um, the air conditioning here at the seminary in Detroit is uh, wreaking havoc on my throat, so I, I may sound a little groggy. That's why. Um, had a great experience at Mass this morning, and uh, just a little meditation based off the readings, which are just so powerful. Um, we have this story, which we've been hearing in the daily Mass readings from the book of Genesis of the Old Testament Joseph. And um, you may remember he was uh, persecuted by his brothers and sold into slavery into Egypt. And then so many years later, there's a famine in the land, and uh, they come down to Egypt to try to get food. Meanwhile, Joseph had made his way to being number two in the government under the Pharaoh. And uh, this is a super dramatic story. And um, really, I just make such a great movie. And in today's reading, we have the account where his brothers are nervous that uh, he's been harboring a grudge and that he is going to try to get them back. And so they come and uh, talk to him and he says something which is just incredibly profound. And um, I think that this story of Joseph in the Old Testament is one of those stories that really sheds light on how to understand the death and resurrection of Jesus. We know that Jesus as the Messiah fulfilled all of the prophecies, the many prophecies of the Old Testament, including the uh, types. You know, there were stories of events that happened in the life of God's people and uh, Jesus, you know, fulfilled them. And uh, so the story of Joseph, I think, is one of those stories that probably sheds light on how to understand the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it's just so amazing. Um, so here we are in the book of Genesis 49 and 50, and his brothers are nervous that he's been holding a grudge. And he reassures them, and, and this is what he says. Joseph replied to them, Have no fear. Can I take the place of God? Even though you meant harm to me, God meant it for good, to achieve his present end, the survival of many people. Therefore, have no fear. I will provide for you and for your children. And it is just an amazing comment from Joseph. And uh, I can imagine that what he's saying there, um, you see Joseph as a type of Jesus. What happened to Joseph in some ways prefigures what happened to Jesus and um so uh, you're going to have to bear with me on, on the connections here. But just I had such a powerful meditation on this reading this morning. I'm going to try to share that with you. Um, so we had Joseph being persecuted and almost murdered, but ended up being sold into slavery into Egypt by his brothers. And then all those years later, they come, and he ends up being the one to help them during the famine. And uh, he says, you know, you meant to do something evil here. But God had another plan. And, and this is like one of the most profound articulations of the idea that God can write straight on crooked lines. Or as we would say now, you know, we have a developed theology and kind of a nuance of our language. We would say that God has his active will, which is always for the good. But somehow he has his permissive will. which He allows evil. Not that he intends it, but he does allow it. The all-good, all-loving God does never intend evil, but he does allow it. And uh, the death of Jesus on the cross is the, the number one example of that. But just as brought God 
brought the resurrection out of the crucifixion, so out of this event with Joseph being persecuted by his brothers, in the end, God was able to bring something really good. During the famine, he was able to provide for his family. And uh, so I had this meditation. Uh, it's kind of connected to something that Jesus said in the gospel today from Matthew 10. And he's talking about there's nothing that's secret that will not be made known. Everything that's concealed will be revealed. And um, it got me thinking about, now bear with me, that uh, the moment that we die and our soul leaves our body and we will come before the Lord to be judged and we will see Jesus. And um, uh, as I was praying about that, and I can imagine the, uh, the words that Joseph said to his brothers are going to be the exact words that Jesus will say to each one of us when we meet him after our death. Now, let me explain. I'm gonna be playing for you a three minute clip from the venerable servant of God, Fulton Sheen. He had a teaching on the meaning of the cross. This is from YouTube, from Thing in a Pot Productions, The Meaning of the Cross, Fulton Sheen, Timeless Wisdom. And in this three minute meditation, Archbishop Sheen talks about the crucifix. When you look upon the crucifix, the image of Jesus on the cross, uh, that is your autobiography in that Jesus took our sin to the cross in that his flesh was like the parchment, his blood was the ink. And uh, I had this meditation that when we die and we see Jesus, you know, uh, the Bible says the risen glorified Jesus, his body still has the wounds. And I thought when we see Jesus, we will see all of our sins that we committed written or carved or tattooed on the body of Jesus. We will see on his body every sin that we ever did. And uh, then we will understand in a more profound way his love, his mercy, that he took our sins to the cross and that he forgives us. And, and that's where I had the idea of these words of Joseph, that Jesus would speak these words to each one of us when we meet him at our judgment. You know, when we see our sins on his body, he says to us, have no fear. Even though you meant harm to me, God meant it for good um, to achieve his end, the survival of many people, and I will provide for you. So the forgiveness of sins that Jesus won for us on the cross and the victory of his resurrection. So uh, Archbishop Sheen, such a great speaker. He's going to be way more articulate than me. So um, listen to him, and then I'll conclude. someone on it, then it's no longer an absurdity, because he who has put on it teaches that death is the condition of life, that the Good Friday leads to the Easter Sunday. And when he came to the cross, it was the fulfillment of an old symbol or type. Centuries before, when the Israelites had disobeyed God, they were bitten by poisonous serpents. And they went to Moses and asked to be healed. Moses spoke to God, and God said, Make a serpent of brass, one that looks exactly like that 
snake that poisoned you and hang it on the crotch of a tree. And everyone who looks at that serpent of brass will be healed. Now, there's absolutely nothing in looking at a brass serpent on the crotch of a tree that will cure snake bite. Why did God suggest that? Because it was to be a type of himself. So as that serpent of brass did not have poison inside of it, but looked as if it were poisonous, so our blessed Lord would look as if he were guilty, but would bear and have no sin. And as all who looked at that serpent of brass would be healed of the poison, so all who would look at our Lord on the cross would be healed of the poison of sin. What is sin? Sin is hurting someone we love. That is why the crucifix is our autobiography. For our sins of pride, crown of thought. All greed, avarice, they are recorded in the names. The ribbon feet, they represent the times that we've wandered away from his love. The flesh hanging from him like purple rags. All of our sins of the flesh. The pure side, how often we broke his heart. The life of each and every one of us has been written. His blood is the ink. His skin is the parchment. This is our God. Whenever we say the act of contrition, it is always in relationship to the cross. Okay, uh, so that was the meaning of the cross. Uh, Fulton Sheen, Timeless Wisdom. It's on YouTube in a really artistic kind of imagery with a Thing in a Pot Productions on YouTube. It's part of a, a bigger talk that you can find on FultonSheen.com, The Crucifixion and Meaning of the Resurrection. And um, just really got me thinking and praying um, this idea that, you know, it can sometimes sound a little bit kind of vague that Jesus died for everybody or that Jesus took all the sins of the world upon his body on the cross. Or, But, uh, you know, it has to be personal. It has to be individual as well. And particularly that moment when we die, our soul leaves our body, we go before God. There's this incredibly intimate and beautiful and powerful moment when we will see the Lord. And again, that resurrected Jesus, his glorified body, still has the wounds, according to the Bible. And I imagine, uh, as Fulton Sheen said, you know, that our autobiography is the crucifix and that our sins are written on the parchment of his flesh with his blood as the ink. Kind of a, a powerful and disturbing kind of imagery there. And in some ways, it kind of reminds me um, that famous novel, kind of a wild novel by a uh, Oscar Wilde called The Picture of Dorian Gray and uh, there was an old movie that's really well done about that and uh, Dorian Gray is this kind of beautiful guy he ends up getting a, a portrait painted of himself and then he realizes that as you know he gets older he's going to lose his beauty so he makes a deal with the devil sells his soul <coughs> and then gives himself over to a life of sin and uh, he continues to stay beautiful and young but the uh, portrait, the picture that had been painted, uh, bears the uh, imagery of his aging and of the um, recording all of his sin. And it's a really great novel, a really wonderful movie, kind of an interesting kind of image from Oscar Wilde. And I thought in this case, it's almost like 
Jesus is that portrait. So when we do commit sin, and we all do, that every sin that we will ever commit was somehow uh, put on Jesus, who was sinless, on the cross. You know, it's the meaning of him dying on the cross for sin. And that somehow that glorified Jesus, who still has the wounds, you know, uh, we will understand in such a profound and personal way how he loved and knew each one of us individually and that he took our sins and he died and that our sins can be washed away in his blood and he uh, forgives us and welcomes us in his resurrection. So uh, nothing is hidden that will not be revealed. That moment of death that is waiting all of us, that moment of judgment that uh, we shouldn't be fearful of, but we should be, we'll just be overflowing with gratitude at the love, the mercy of Jesus that just as Joseph was, you know, persecuted by his brothers and, and we persecuted Jesus through our sins, as it says in the catechism, every sinner was the author of the crucifixion. But then when we meet the Lord in heaven, his glorified body, we will um, know his love, his mercy and his forgiveness. So God bless you. I'm praying for you all. And uh, the music that you're hearing in the intro and outro is from our brother Isaiah one of our friars who's extremely talented with music. And uh, if you Google Brother Isaiah CFR, you'll be able to find his music all over the internet. Again, franciscanfriars.com. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well as CFR underscore Franciscans. God bless you. Let's pray for one another.